Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. Do you want outdoor apparel that's designed with a conscience? If so, check out Northbound Gear. They are a leader in creating innovative, sustainable, high-quality products designed to enhance your outdoor experience. Whether you hunt, fish, explore, camp out, or just enjoy nature, they'll have something that suits your needs. I've tried it all, and their adventure, water-resistant pants, explorer summer pants, the 2-in-1 zip-off pants, and the men's apex waterproof jackets are all my favorite. I really can't decide which one I like more, and I wear them all daily. I've taken the gear bear hunting in the northern swamps of BC, hiking and fossil hunting on the river and waterfalls, and wore them out on the west coast fishing for salmon, halibut, prawns, and crabs. Not once have they let me down. Check them out at northboundgear.co and if you use my promo code SHELDON15, you will save 15% off your order including sale items. As an added bonus, they also plant one tree right here in Canada with every purchase. So again, that's northboundgear.co and use promo code SHELDON15 to save 15% off your order. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Buick Outdoors podcast. Uh, if you're new here, I'm your host Sheldon Marion. And uh, time is coming up here for hunting season. Uh, my days off are quickly approaching here. I'm at work right now. And uh, yeah, I'm getting pretty excited for the fall here. Uh, I have some stuff to do around the house. Uh, if you've been paying attention to us there on social media or on YouTube, uh, you'll see that it wasn't too long ago we got back from our coast trip. Uh, so I still have all that fish to process. Uh, we have two limits of salmon and two limits of halibut to do up. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna take some time. To do basically, it's gonna take at least a day, maybe two days, for all of it to thaw out. Typically, I put in like the bathtub, but because I got so much uh, this year, I think what I'll be doing is throwing it all into my marine cooler and just propping the lid open, uh, and letting it sit like that for yeah, it'll be a day for sure for about half of it to thaw out, and then about another day. For the other half to cool, uh, to thaw out, and uh, it, it'll be a start, anyways. And basically, when I'm doing that stuff, uh, it'll be nice with Shelby there. I'll make her uh, do a little bit of work. But basically, what I do is I get all my bags pre-made because I I vacuum wrap them all. So I just buy the great big huge rolls of the uh, food saver uh, vacuum bag stuff, and I make them. Well, it kind of depends on what I'm doing with it. If I'm making just single servings, the bags themselves, they'll be about 8 inches. Every once in a while, I like to have a couple of whole fillets too. So when I do that, then the bag gets, well, there's however big you need it there to fit your fillet in there. Uh, but pretty well, once the fish is thawed out, throw them onto the table. I fillet them up. I take... Uh, take either tweezers or a little bit of fancy knife work 
and I remove all the bones off of it. And then I take my knife, knock the hide off, throw them into the bags, vacuum wrap them, have my Sharpies out. I write on there, salmon, then the year, then I get them into the deep freeze. And uh, it sounds quick and easy, and it's, if you do things right, you can make it quicker and easier, but it's never quick and easy. It, it's going to be a, a few days to get everything done and that's even with extra help uh, with Shelby being there but uh, yeah we'll we'll slowly get that stuff done uh, we have all the how many salmon do we bring home I think 16 salmon and four halibut and then the prawns a lot of times too uh, if you don't bring too many home you can just leave them in your uh, in your bags that you brought them home in uh, but we did bring home quite a few. I think we have, I want to say 10 or 15 bags. And then there's 15 in each bag. So whatever, 150 prawns. So if I have extra food saver bags left over, then I'll definitely vacuum wrap them. Because every once in a while you just kind of get bored of eating prawns there for a little bit. As crazy as that sounds, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to... Uh, bring home fresh prawns and have so many of them that you almost get tired of eating them <laughs> but it is nice to be able to kind of switch things up every once in a while have prawns have halibut have salmon uh once in a while i'll give a little bit of it away but not very often you know we do eat a lot of fish uh plus hunting season i'll get into it a little bit more here later on like eh. It's looking pretty grim around my place, so I don't really know uh, exactly what's going to be happening with hunting season. Uh, I also have, man, I haven't mowed my lawn in quite a long time, so I got to get that done too. That's always a pain, but this time of year, I'll be honest with you, it's probably going to be the last time that I mow it because from from September on, it, we're busy. Even this summer, we've been extremely busy. Things have been blowing by so fast. Uh, all the traveling we've been doing uh, just for our own sake and having fun, but also traveling uh, to film for YouTube. Uh, we've been basically just like a, a traveling road show <laughs> this year. Uh, it's cost a lot of money, but it's been a lot of fun, and I definitely don't have any regrets whatsoever. I've I've gotten to see just some incredible stuff and the crazy thing is is whether or not i was filming i would have been doing it anyways so uh having a couple of cameras along for the ride and just kind of filming it and throwing some stuff together it uh it makes it worth it uh you know the dinosaur tracks i've been wanting to check those out for a few years now so i finally went out there and checked those out same with some of the waterfalls and stuff and yeah it's been uh it's been quite a ride here this uh, this summer, but now we are slowly getting into fall. The days are getting shorter. It's kind of nice waking up in the mornings here at work and going outside and getting to watch the sunrise. And you smell that kind of cold fall kind of moist air. You know, it's it brings back a lot of memories. Just the just the slightest little smells of fall and that cool little breeze and stuff. You know, it's 
it's nice but with that comes uh winter you know it is right around the corner so on top of everything else that we have to do and hunting season it's also that time of year where we start cutting up our firewood usually it's not too hot in september so it's a it's a great time to grab the chainsaw it's still nice and sharp from uh pretty well this spring so yeah we go out we get uh i don't even know how many truckloads of wood basically four cords of wood uh in the backyard there where i usually film this podcast i have that uh it's just one of those little cheap car garage tent things you can get from Canadian Tire for like $300 kind of a deal but when when that thing is full from the very back to pretty well the front and from the bottom right to the top then we're ready for winter because it gets cold out here in the north and uh, we pretty well burn all of that wood and that thing it holds oh probably four or five cords of wood so, uh, yeah, we, we're going to be busy. Yeah, we're definitely going to be busy just getting firewood on top of every, everything else that we do. But uh, it's one of those things, though, where it's a lot of work. And I don't necessarily enjoy the work. But what I enjoy is kind of like the pride that you get when you're done. You know, when, once you're done falling the tree, knocking all the limbs off, dragging it out onto the road, bucking it all up, packing it into the truck, getting it home, splitting it, stacking it. Well, except for the stacking. I, I, I cheat a little bit there. Last year I got Shelby to do all the stacking. But, uh, you know, she needs to do a little bit of work too, eh? <laughs> but when it when it's all said and done, you look at, you know, this... Uh, what the heck is that thing 10 by 20 foot garage and it is full to the roof of firewood and man let me tell you when the snow first starts to fly and you have no worries whatsoever you just walk out grab a couple armloads of wood or fill up the big wood box that i built there a few years ago in the house man it is it's just awesome the amount of stress is there's nothing there it's it's gone you know that you're gonna be nice and warm for the winter and uh coming inside when it's even when it's like minus 10 you come inside to the wood stove going and you stand in front of the wood stove oh you cannot beat that heat or even in the evening like there's been times where you know it gets dark fairly early but it'll be six seven o'clock at night and it's dark you just finished up supper and uh you just sit there read a book and listen to the crackle of the fire oh it's it's amazing i got a glass door on my wood stove too so when it's dark every once in a while i shut off all the lights and stuff and you just kind of sit there and watch the flames you kind of get drawn into it or whatever but uh yeah it's it's nice to have that and uh i don't think enough people take enough pride in their work especially when it comes to something like uh firewood give me two seconds here there's a truck going by like i said i'm i'm at work currently right now <laughs> but yeah taking pride in uh taking pride in any any work especially firewood you know you you sweat quite a bit you put in a lot of effort to get it all ready and yeah i don't look forward to that work but i look forward to the fire Ha, 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 ha.
Uh, one thing that I like to do when I'm out cutting firewood is uh, we do a lot of berry picking. Uh, this year, I'm going to be a little bit late because I have to do a little extra shift here at work. So uh, typically around like the 15th to 20th of August is perfect time to be out picking huckleberries and blueberries. So uh, I'm still going to be able to do it. It just, I might be a little late, but we haven't, uh, we haven't had any real cold mornings or anything like that. So the frost hasn't got them at all. So the berry picking should be really good. And a lot of times, you know, you make real simple jams one thing it's it's kind of a tradition and i might just have to make a video and throw it up on youtube for you guys is uh you take your berries you put them into a bowl dump a, a pile of sugar on them and then you just let them sitting in the in the fridge there for a few hours or overnight and you kind of let them sweat once they start to sweat you stir them all up get them sugars in there and it soaks it all up and then you get those uh it's like a little sponge cake, like a little cup or a little sponge cake bowl. Take your berries, throw it into there, big thing of whipped cream on top, and oh man, is it good. Either that, or you get some uh, cream cheese, just regular old cream cheese, throw that stuff in a microwave, and then you get those pre-made graham cracker crusts. And once you microwave cream cheese enough where you can actually kind of mix it, you just throw a few handfuls of berries in there and, oh, I don't know, maybe about a cup of sugar. Mix it all up, throw her into that cranberry, or that uh, uh, graham cracker crust. And then if you have any leftover berries, if you just smash them up like you're going to be making a, uh, a, a jelly or a jam with them, you throw that on top, throw that into your fridge until everything cools down and kind of hardens back up kind of thing. Pull that sucker out, cut her up, and oh, another, another great, great little dessert. And I'm not much of a sugar guy whatsoever. Like, I hardly even drink pop. I'm always drinking water. So for me to tell you that that stuff's pretty good, it's it's got to be good. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, hunting season two, it's coming up, and I... Uh, Man, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing for hunting season. To be honest with you, uh, things are starting to look pretty grim around my place. Still, last year it was so bad we traveled, and even then, uh, Shelby and her uncle got a moose together. Uh, but other than that, we had some elk calling at us. But the amount of people that were in the bush, it was just mind-blowing how busy it was out there. Where we were hunting at, it's kind of by uh, one of the rivers. So there was there's lots of trails and stuff on top of the hills. Lots of people were out truck hunting and driving their quads around for elk. Then you could hear people coming up from the bottom from riverboats going after elk. And it was it wasn't it wasn't fun at all and then there were so much people driving around like you couldn't even chicken hunt i don't know how many times i'd have a chicken in the scope and a quad would come around the corner and it was uh it wasn't fun it wasn't quite a waste of three weeks off but uh i'm not going back 
<laughs> my plans this year are me, myself, and I. Uh, you know, like I already said, I'm going to be so busy at the house already. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to take the holiday trailer out, to be honest with you. I got three weeks off, and like I have plans to do stuff, and I still have to do up a few more videos and stuff. But when it comes to the hunting side, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to buy my tags and all that stuff, and I'm going to be packing around probably the 300 for a moose. And uh, I'm always going to have a 22 or a 17 for chickens because I absolutely love chicken hunting. But uh, when it comes to elk, moose, and deer, I just I don't know. There's a bow season for uh, whitetail and mule deer but the amount that you see around around my place you know it's it's so low like I still feel guilty if I shot one so I'm you know I said the same thing last year and the year before you know I really don't want to be a part of the problem uh, I would much rather just stick to killing my bears and coyotes and wolves and leaving everything else to repopulate you know if you uh if you take care of the predators but then you're still killing off all the bulls and bucks you know you're you still have a problem until the population actually comes back up to where they're at a comfortable level then absolutely slay them go after them hit them hard but until then i really wish they would change things up and start listening to guys like myself who actually hunt for conservation not just hunt to kill uh plus i have moose meat left over from last year i have a freezer full of fish so do i need to kill a moose absolutely not do i need to kill elk absolutely not do i need to kill a deer no would it be nice yeah sure because they do make excellent sausage and pepperoni and jerky if for some reason I find a great big huge herd of deer, then yeah, sure, I'll I'll hunt them. But right now, I'm buying tags just to put my little two cents in the conservation fund. And that's uh, that's about it. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. My main goal this year, this fall, I still have a bear tag. So if I see a bear, I'm going to smack one of them. And I'm going to hunt chickens like I do every year. There's seems to always be chickens. If not, there's always rabbits. You know, small game hunting, it's a blast for me. Not very often do you head out and at least see them. You know, when it comes to moose, it's a waste of fuel. It's a waste of your time right now. But uh, at least with chickens and rabbits, you're, you're almost guaranteed to see them every time you go out. You're not guaranteed to shoot them. But you're guaranteed to at least see one or two. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's out of my hands. You know, you can write so many letters, talk to your member of parliament. And my member of parliament, old Bob there, he's a wicked dude. He really, really believes in and stands up for the conservation and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just no one listens at all you know you talk to guiding outfitters you talk to people like me you talk to people that are in the industry I man I don't know I don't know who's making the decisions either it's obviously not a biologist with any brains in his head
or her head. Because if it was, you know, there'd be some very, very, very big changes, and they'd be right now. You know, even, man, even probably about eight years ago, we were starting to see a decline. And then ever since then, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse to the point where you have guys like myself where typically this time of year, I already know where the moose are, where the elk are, where the deer are, how many, you have them all picked out and stuff, and like, it's not much of a hunt, you just know where they're at, and you just go kind of sit and wait, and they'll be there where now, I I don't even try to figure out where they are, because basically they're not there, I already know that, so why am I going to waste my time and my effort to head out and, uh, pretty well for nothing but with that being said i am getting a new 22 uh it's not exactly new it's just going to be new to me um i think it's my stepsister's old 22 to be honest with you but she's uh kind of has a change of heart these days and uh she's also living down in vancouver area and she just wants to get rid of it you know so i'm picking her up for I don't know, I think it's like 100 bucks. me and Dad agreed on, because he, he doesn't have a use for it, and uh, yeah, I like guns, and time for another one, why not? So that'll be, uh, that'll be kind of fun, it's always nice to get a new gun, eh? Uh, so yeah, I'll be packing that around as long as it's accurate, and I can shoot chickens with it, so that's going to be pretty fun, if not, I'll pull out the old 17, or the 16 gauge, or... Maybe the 12 gauge. I eh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the 12 gauge for when you when it comes to chickens. Rabbits, it's okay because the head's far enough away from the meat. You know, it's you're not really gonna be screwing too much up. But uh, with chickens, it they're uh, 16 gauge is big enough. 20 gauge would be perfect. One of these days, I'll have to buy myself a little 20 gauge just for chickens. I do have, uh, I got one or two 410s. I think just one 410. But I don't really like that. I And that was one of those things where I bought it just because everybody says how much they love it for chickens and for kids and stuff. So I figured out what the heck. I bought it from Corn Lanes there in Dawson. Uh, some Italian little thing. It was like one of those 150 or $200 type deals. So, yeah just buy it just to have it and I shot a couple of chickens with it but I don't know maybe I'm using the wrong shells for it or whatever but I don't like it at all you know it's it's one of those things where yeah you hit a chicken with it but it, it spread out so much like I'm not a fan but uh oh well but you know that's another reason too to buy a, a 20 gauge if there's a kid that wants to go chicken hunting some of them, well, most of them, if you're not good with the 22, you're you're either going to miss or you're going to shoot them in the breast and shoot them in the breast. They ain't no good. So at least if I have a little 20 gauge, you know, I can bring a kid out still and they can smack a chicken with that. So it'll, it'll work out. So now I'm pretty well convinced myself to buy a new shotgun. So that, that's always awesome. <laughs> Part of chicken hunting too is... Uh, you know, you always have new little recipes and stuff you can try out with chickens. 
Uh, one thing I want to try this year is, I don't really know if it's going to work, but I kind of want to incorporate rose hips and cranberries into it. The cranberries, like the high bush cranberries, that'll be simple to do. You know, I can just make a real quick and easy cranberry sauce over the fire kind of thing. But the rose hips, I don't know how I'm going to do that. They're, uh, they're packed full of vitamin C and they do have a bit of a sweetness to them. Maybe if I kind of roast them over the fire and then throw them into a, a bowl with some a little bit of apple cider vinegar and some water and some sugar. Make up like a little jelly kind of a thing that might be all right or if i just kind of charm up a little bit and then stuff them into a chicken and cook that over the fire i roast it i don't know we'll uh we'll have to experiment you know maybe if you guys have done anything with rose hips uh comment or reach out to us and let us know and uh yeah we'll we'll give her a try I'm always uh, willing to try new things, especially when it comes to cooking. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a wannabe chef at heart, kind of a foodie type of a dude, you know. So, yeah, when it comes to food, I'm game for trying almost everything to a certain limit. But rose hips, yeah, that's no big deal. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing, too, that we got to make time for... Uh, before we get right into uh, fall hunting season is I have to, well not I have to, but I want to uh, make a trip out to a set of dinosaur tracks. There's two different trackways that I haven't been to, but I want to get to, especially right now in the fall when the water level is low for the one spot, because it's a spot where not too many people know about it, and uh, I think it'd be pretty neat to go and check it out if they're even there it's more of a rumor that they're there not a solid for sure thing that they're there but we're uh i think i'm gonna give her a try anyways it's on the way out to another site anyways so what's what's a little hour or two stop or 30 minutes or whatever it is i don't really want to give away too much and get people hyped up for it but uh we might find another set of dinosaur tracks. I don't know. And then even the second spot. Uh, the directions I got. They're a little hazy. But I think we should be able to find them. And if we do. I'll have all the camera gear and stuff like that with me. So that, that'll be uh, that'll be another little trip. I can take you guys on. Give you all the directions and everything like that. You know. If nobody has interest in this stuff and nobody goes out and sees it and knows that it's there these guys are never going to get funding to put a building over it or to extract them out of there there was a little bit of internet hype on the one track site uh somebody got pretty well internet bullied because they went to the track site they brought their kids out there and Somebody spoke up and said, you shouldn't be going there because you are going to wreck them. The same person who, in my mind, is a complete and utter asshole, went to the site. So you can't go there, but they can. That did not sit well right with me. So I said, hey, where are these tracks? I'm going to bring all my camera gear. I'll even... 
I might bring the drone out there to get some real cool shots. I'm going to talk it up like a son of a gun. I'm going to plaster it all over the world. I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to promote it. I'm going to tell everybody I know about it. And then that one person who is an asshole, I, I hope I meet you one day walking down the street and I get to laugh at you because you're a prick. <laughs> Telling somebody that they can't go to a track site because you've been there. And you're worried about other people finding it and wrecking it. But yet you look at places like the Flatbed Falls in Tumblr Ridge. It's part of a global geopark. There's, I think, seven global geoparks in the world. That's plastered all over the world. Tracks are still there, bud. (laughs) And the reason why they're still there and the reason why it's part of the Global Geopark is because people show an interest in it. If you have an interest in something or if something is generating money, somebody's going to want to preserve it. So if you have this little hidden gem and it's tucked out of the way and nobody knows about it, nobody's going to care. And if nobody cares, there's going to be no funding. If there's no funding, that is when you're going to have vandalism. That's when you're going to have people chiseling them out and stealing them right so raise awareness for for this track site bring people out there show people where they're at and i hope people go there and check it out and maybe eventually one day the paleontology group around this area i can't remember what they're called north peace paleontologist group i don't know i probably screwed that up but hopefully they go hey you know what look at this there's actually a lot of people that want to see it there's a lot of people that are going in there maybe we should get something put together and maybe the province will put in a little bit more funding or maybe they'll have a whatever some guy who's just fascinated by dinosaur tracks and funds a project either way it ain't gonna hurt it trust me it's if somebody's gonna chisel something out it'd be in a much much different spot than there but uh yeah (laughs) then there's also a a spot where we're gonna go and do some more fossil hunting uh this one it's another spot that it's not very well known at all uh it's part of the pine and murray river type area uh right now like, I don't exactly know where it's at, so I don't really want to say or kind of give little hints and clues on where it's at because I haven't been there. So I don't want to be sending you on some weird chase in the middle of nowhere and then get lost or something and kind of blame me for it. But if you watch some of my other videos when it comes to the waterfalls and destination hikes and stuff, you know that I'm going to give you a pretty well pinpoint directions and directions on how to get there so if you're just patient after this podcast comes out uh just wait till the video comes out and then it'll most likely be next summer you'll go in there because by the time this one comes out i got so many videos and stuff that i have planned it's uh yeah it next next summer you'll be able to get in there but at least then you'll have uh, a little bit of reference you'll know kind of roughly where to go and hopefully it's cool over there uh there's not much for shells from what i've been told it's more of plant fossils 
and uh, supposedly it's really big plant fossils, but I'm just haven't been there yet, so I don't know. Uh, when I do get there, I'll let you guys know, and there will definitely be a video put together if if there's something there. If not, I'll talk about it on another podcast, and I'll say, hey, yeah, that fossil place, yeah, nope, not so good. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, what else do we have on the go? On top of that, we're going to be doing probably a little bit more fishing on the river uh, before I go back to work. And then that way, uh, come October, on my next set of days off, we can just mainly focus more just strictly on more hunting and maybe catch the tail end of some berry picking. There might be some cranberries still on the branches by then. Kind of depends on frost. Uh, Usually once the frost comes in, they shrivel up and drop down. But then that's also when the chicken hunting gets just absolutely phenomenal. Is in October after all the berries have shriveled up and dried up. Because then uh, what ends up happening is they have to start eating more grasses. And when they eat the grass, they... uh, See, when they're eating the berries, berries have seeds. So it helps digest a little bit in their gizzard. Plus a berry is very soft. So they still have to come out onto the road to get a little bit of gravel into their gizzard and then what they do with the gravel is they swallow it, it goes into the gizzard and then the gizzard is just a muscle and it just kind of squeezes and tenses up and it just kind of turns everything around and it pretty well that's how they chew their food but with berries I mean you can grab berries squish it you can see how soft it is so they don't need all that much grit in their gizzard but once as October comes and you have a couple of really hard frosts and you'll see how the blueberries, huckleberries, and especially the cranberries, they just shrivel right up like a pretty well like a hard raisin. And then they fall off the branch and then they just they can't eat them. So now they're eating all like the clovers and little green grasses and stuff that are kind of left over. But then with those, they're extremely fibrous and they're hard. So then they, they have to have a pile of gravel. And grit and dirt and sand and stuff in their gizzards. So the chickens are out on the road like crazy in that time of year. So then the chicken hunting is just fantastic. It's phenomenal. And by then too, the the chicks that were born this spring, they're usually they're fairly close to being completely full grown in the beginning of September. You'll shoot some chickens that are pretty small. You can tell that they were a spring chick. But, uh, yeah, come near the end of October, they're pretty well all the same size, and you can't really tell the difference. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. But then, uh, also talking about fishing on the river, uh, I've done a little bit of fishing this year, but honestly, not that much. You know, we, we did a little bit of Boulder Lake, Bear Hole Lake, obviously went to the ocean, but other than that, uh, I did one river trip by myself with the dog. Uh, old Rocky boy there came with me. Me and him had a little guys trip. And other than that, you know, we've been we've been just extremely busy doing hikes, uh, fossil hunting. Well, in this spring too, we the rivers were really high and dirty when we were out in Tumble Ridge area, and then my days off after that, 
uh, pretty well stayed at home because the weather wasn't all that nice and then I also had a pile of editing to do so uh, yeah we stayed home that week and then I went to work and then I came back and we went to the ocean and then pretty well came back from the ocean and now I've been here for two weeks at work and now that my two weeks is up which is normally a week but I'm doing an extra shift and then uh, yeah once I go home it'll be a little bit of river fishing but then you know like everything I've said earlier on all my plans to get everything done around the house the firewood the fish that I haven't even processed from our fishing trip that we got back from not too long ago you know it's man you, you can't slow down doing this lifestyle <laughs> if you slow down you get behind if you get behind boy you're gonna look like an idiot come winter you're gonna be pretty cold but uh yeah we're uh we're busy 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 and then we're still uh still filming for youtube still got that going hopefully uh oh big youtube announcement we have made it into the top 100,000 uh, Canadian YouTube creators. I think we were at 96,421st place. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a huge win for me. I, I set the goal to be within the top 100,000 by the end of the year. And then in May, I changed that up. said, no, that's going to be too easy. We want to be in the top 50,000 by the end of the year. But still breaking that hundred thousand mark, that's that's just wicked. And then uh three weeks ago we were at seven hundred and fifty subscribers and eighty thousand views and now we're already up to eight hundred and eighteen subscribers. So we've gained sixty eight wow, sixty eight subscribers in three weeks which that's well you, you typically have been getting like 30 a month so to double that in three weeks is just phenomenal and now we're also at uh i want to say close to eighty-six thousand views now too man that is <laughs> we're uh our numbers are coming up yeah and then if we keep going the way that we're going, hopefully by the end of October, we'll be part of the YouTube partnership program and we'll be monetized and we'll be earning a paycheck from YouTube. So that will be wicked. I can't wait till I can go out with all the filming gear and stuff and uh, whether we're filming ice fishing or who knows, maybe we have a, something blow up on us and we're out chicken hunting and we're filming and we're monetized for it. Being able to say that I'm getting paid to do this is going to be phenomenal. Like it's uh, it's it's a milestone that I never, uh, never really pictured trying to get to. And even when I first started this, I thought, eh, whatever. I just do some cool stuff and live a pretty cool lifestyle. So I figured I'd try filming it. But now, man, I am hooked. And I cannot wait. I got, uh, I'm reaching out to a couple new, uh, companies too, trying to get some more affiliate markets deals done. Uh, Northbound Gear, they've been treating me very well. 
the other guys. I don't want to mention them yet in case it doesn't fall through. And if it doesn't, that's perfectly fine. Like, I'm not going to hold against them, like, especially when they look at my credentials compared to what they could have compared to what I am. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm not even a drop in the bucket in their YouTube world yet. You know, like, I'm still in the eyedropper. Like, they haven't even tried squeezing me into the bucket kind of thing. Uh, you know, like, even, uh, even when it comes to making money off YouTube, you're going to make pennies when you first start out in the YouTube Partner Program because it goes off of, like, per thousand views kind of thing. And right now, I think I'm getting about... 5,000 views per week, so even if I make like 10 bucks per thousand views, you know, $10 times 5, that's 50 bucks, yeah, whatever, that's still money in your pocket, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know what, I screwed that up, it's not 5,000 views per week, it's 5,000 views per month that I've been getting, but the more videos I put up, more subscribers I get, the more views you get, the more watch towers, the more money. It's just it snowballs, you know. It it uh, it's such a huge motivator too. Once you're able to see that dollar amount, because me, I'm a I'm a very goal orientated guy. I mean, I want to hit a thousand or top one hundred thousand Canadian YouTubers. We hit that goal, and I wanted to hit a thousand. A thousand subscribers and we're this close to hitting that goal and once we get that we'll be monetized and then from there you know it'll be I want to make 50 bucks a month I want to make a hundred bucks a month all the way up to I want to quit my job and do this full-time you know there's there's so much to look forward to and uh, you know honestly it, it's it is a lot of hard work doing this but without you guys watching the videos without you listening to the podcast commenting on it liking it getting the algorithm woke up spreading my stuff out you know it there's no way i would ever be able to do this uh without you guys you the fans you know so i i definitely appreciate everything that you guys do and uh i look forward to continuing to make videos for you guys and make this podcast and uh you know, as always, leave a comment or two. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Uh, if you hit the like button there, if you don't like it, hit the dislike button. You know, always reach out to me. I love talking to people on here just to, you know, make sure I'm going on the right path. Because if there's something that I'm doing that you're not going to watch, I'm not doing anybody any good. I'm wasting my time, you know recording it i'm wasting my time editing it and i'm wasting your time telling you to watch it so if there's something that you don't like let me know and i will scrap it off the to-do list right but anyways guys i think i'm gonna cut her here i want to thank you all for watching or thank you for listening uh if you are just listening to this on uh one of the podcast platforms we also have the video version on youtube so head over there check that out subscribe to the channel we'll catch you guys on the next one